welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back with season three. Yay! We are so excited to be back. We've been doing this podcast for almost a year. We've been recording for a year. So before we get into our topic for this season, we want to talk about our current fave, some, some current things that you have been into lately books mm-hmm. movies tv shows music youtube i don't know other that you've other, been doing other well here for a good time not a long time yeah not a long time not a, a good long, time not a long time we've reba and kaylin have already had their quarter life hit, i don't know why today. y'all keep on saying that we are at a quarter life at the age of 25 i am not making it to 100 <laughs> it's not happening are you gonna- the amount of coffee i drink and the amount of bad that I put into my body, it's not happening. You know, that's a lie, though, because there's been people... So I'm going to live forever? There is... <laughs> be damn Methuselah or something? <laughs> there's a bunch of, like, old people that are, you know, like, over 100. Yeah. They're like, so what do you do? And they're like, well, I smoke like a freight yeah, train. Yeah, I was about to say, they're, they're heavy smokers, aren't they? <laughs> I eat hot dogs every day. <laughs> now smoke a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I really think... It's the whole like like how you were born and just your genetics and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of it depends on a that. A lot of it depends on that. Because mm-hmm. some people can do whatever and still live forever. Yeah. A lot of my great grandparents lived in their to their nineties. Yeah. It happens. Well, so I only had one known great grandparent live to their nineties. <laughs> known. Okay. Current faves. What y'all okay. got? So, um, I finished reading Rebecca. I don't know if I talked about that at all. It was interesting. I'm not going to go into as much detail as I did to Ruby and Caitlin earlier because they look. <laughs> and my sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's she, why she wanted to leave. <laughs> yes. She was reading Webtoon. She had no interest in me whatsoever. She's 12 years old, so she's just a whole different person right now yeah. who doesn't like anything or anybody. Yeah. She's a preteen, is what she's. Uh, yeah, she got mad because Caitlin said the word babysit. Yeah, she's like, you're preteen sitting. I'm not a baby. That's how you know they're a baby. <laughs> it's when they say, I'm not a baby. Because when you're our age, you go, I'm a baby. I'm like, girl, it was 30 <laughs> degrees this morning. And you came out ready to go in a t-shirt and shorts thinking you could go outside like that. Yeah. Like, you cannot take care of yourself right now. She also asked how to get water out of the fridge. <laughs> that says water. <laughs> Or ice. Like, I couldn't remember, like, because, you know, I just do things. I don't mm-hmm. actively yeah. look at it. But, like, mine is kind of confusing if you you don't live there. Because the ice and the water are together. And they just have the little symbols on it. So, yeah. I was like, well, maybe that's it. So, I go over there and I'm like, it says water right here. And you just hold your cup under that thing. Here's the thing, though. One, I just tell her to figure things out just so that she figures things out. Mm-hmm. Two, she's been here. Mm-hmm. She's gotten water out of there before. Mm-hmm. And she has watched me do it. But And it also says water. Yeah, it says water. I, w- <laughs> I would have figured it out so I didn't have to ask. Mm-hmm. Even if it was like my sister I had to ask, I would have mm-hmm. figured it out. Yeah. But we are two different people. Yeah, and I think that's just a generational thing, too. I get, um, mm-hmm. there was, there's a girl in her class that I've watched, and she used to ask me, like, the most common sense questions. And I'm like, okay, you're on a three-question limit for the day. Thank you. <laughs> I could see that with her. She would do that to me too. <laughs> I read Rebecca and I really liked it. Uh, no spoilers though, because only the whole purpose of the book is the spoilers, like the <laughs> the twist or what make it good. Yeah. Um, I'm currently reading Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk. Really cool. It's uh, about a model who gets her uh, in a I'm gonna do air quotes here car accident and gets her uh jaw completely shot off and so now she's got to live invisible because she's has to wear a veil all the time because she's permanently disfigured with car accident in quotes and then i was still pondering that as you were saying more things that didn't make sense (laughs) it's chuck polonic that's that's why what i came back to (laughs) she was on the highway and there somebody shot a gun Mm -hmm. yes what you shoot usually yes and crossbow (laughs) you can shoot a rock too there's a bunch of things you can shoot thank you for trying to make me seem like an idiot but (laughs) (laughs) jokes on you alas no success once again (laughs) so anyway and so she's like permanently disfigured well now she's gotta like live invisibly because she a she can't talk and b she's used to being a model and getting attention and Mm -hmm. everything she does a bunch of illegal 
but she gets away with it because she's invisible. So there you go. Interesting. Not that far along as I'd like to be. I'm back into watching Justified because Timothy Oliphant is bae. It's another one of those TV shows where they do Southerns really well. I think I talked about it before. Yeah. So I got back to watching that just because mom had it on and it's awesome. Caitlin and I have been really into Encanto. Oh, yes. We don't talk about Bruno, though. (laughs) No, no, no. And we don't talk about Fight Club, which is Chuck Palahniuk, too. So it, it goes together. I have to watch it at least once a day. Not by my own volition, but because I work with children. And then Reba and I have liked F4. F4 Thailand. F4 Thailand. I was about to get the Thailand part. I had it right here. It says F4 uh, colon. You did F4 and then Thailand. you looked at her. I know. That's why I like you pause and I was like, okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be some team effort. Mm. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was waiting for the Thailand, but you just wanted to correct me too. It's fine. <laughs> I supplied these both. things <laughs> should be expected at this point. <laughs> they are. I'm gonna try and sound smart. Reba's gonna <laughs> correct you. <laughs> You'll still be right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's always been. That's how it is. If not, I'm gonna argue till I am right. <laughs> Anyway, another thing I've been really into is the Murdoch family murders. Have y'all heard of this? Because y'all are into crime. I mean, if I have. Is there a documentary on it? There is a documentary on it on Hulu, but they have his name wrong. They say Alex Murdoch or Murdoch. And then. I don't know if I've seen it, but I feel like I maybe know the story anyway. But his name's Alex. I mean, I probably have heard the story, but Um, maybe like a basic rundown. Okay, so. This is not a true crime podcast, but it could be. We we are all into true crime. I'm My honestly dad's been suggesting that he's like, can y'all do like some true crime episodes? And I'm like, that takes a lot of research. It does. I, I'm honestly shocked that we didn't, because like before we even decided to do this podcast, <laughs> I was like, we should do a true crime <laughs> podcast. Um, and me yelling conspiracy <laughs> all the time. We could even start with ones around like local murders. Oh jeez. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go local because what if people are still out there? Well, the one I'm specifically talking about isn't because he's up next for there's way too much evidence for him to not be guilty and he's up for death row okay. for the death sentence next in our okay, any, state anyway murdoch family Mur- murders <laughs> so it is also set in south carolina okay. as is this book this man his he's from a long generation of prominent lawyers in this county with that last name yeah okay. yeah he Rudolph and sons his son gets into trouble because there was a boating accident and he gets in trouble too with it because it was his boat uh-huh. there was a boating accident and one of his friends girlfriends dies in the accident because he was really drunk and reckless and crashed yeah. the boat. well then they uh don't they cover it up basically mm-hmm. like they try to make the this other guy at like Ball they guy. yeah they try to point him as like the one driving or whatever he goes away scot-free well i think it was a couple and there's like a murder of like this gay kid in the area mm-hmm. and he's left like in the middle of the road and it's made to look like a hit and run but there's no way it's a hit and run so the husband the lawyer uh makes a 911 call and his both his wife who everyone loved and the son that was involved in the boat crash mm-hmm. are dead they've been murdered so it's it's very strange um yeah sounds like it i think i've heard of this one parts of it sound familiar but i think i've just heard of other cases that yeah that's what i'm thinking so like rich entitled kid yeah 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 i mean this is stuff that goes on in south like southern places anywhere it goes on anywhere but it's like the you know high influential people and you know old money that that good old boy system Mm -hmm. you're gonna hear me talk about a lot this season the two podcasts that i watch or listen to based on this i watched the documentary first about this and they had this one podcast host on there from impact of influence i like them but i'm i'm so used to true crime garage and how they'd like tell the story and they set it up and these Mm -hmm. people are just like fact 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 um so i like them just because it's you know they try to give you every detail but i i, I just like true crime garage yeah, i mean you listen to crime junkie so yeah and so um true crime garage just come out with this you know this uh instance of murders it's a mm-hmm. poor fart they're little four <laughs> part <laughs> four part story <laughs> 
Poor fart. Poor fart. You're collecting now. I okay. keep that in. So <laughs> there's it's a four part se- or season. I'm seven years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We all are. And so <laughs> you aren't the only one. Yeah. So I really like I just really like how they tell stories of like the murders and they set it up. So um that's about all I've been up to. I haven't watched a whole lot of TV. Reba. Reba. Well, with school, I haven't done a whole bunch either. So I think the things I've been into, basically K-pop's still the same. I'm still listening to that a lot because I don't have time to watch a lot of things. I have more time Mm -hmm. to listen. And then I thought about stuff for school and how having a second screen would help me, you know, be more productive. So I've been watching a lot of desk makeovers on YouTube recently. So an occasional K-drama here or there, depending on what's out and interesting. Mm -hmm. F4. Yeah. And then like Peyton Peyton said, (laughs) F4 Thailand, which is another remake of boys over flowers so. yes we've Jeez. both been like every saturday we're like have you watched the episode yeah, have no, you watched well, the episode? Well, one of us will text each other have you watched the episode yet and we're like it's so good we know exactly what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> because it's the exact same as the, the other re- remakes but we're like oh my goodness can you believe they left it on this hip cliffhanger there like, are, there are a few subtle differences but the basic storyline's <laughs> still the same yeah <laughs> okay so my current faves which I haven't watched anything like TV show wise. I haven't listened to anything new, so there's not really any music. I mean, besides Encanto. Besides, um, we yeah. don't talk about Bruno. Is a bop, and then Surface Pressure makes me want to cry mm-hmm. in the best way, and also dance. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're the eldest, you really get that one. Yeah, it really hits home. It really hits. But I've been doing a lot of reading and writing lately. I have so many Google spreadsheets that <laughs> I find so satisfying, and where I keep up with all of my. Well, you can tell we're nerds. I have so I'll many which Google spreadsheets. Which is why I was about to ask, have you used Notion a lot for any of this? Um, A little bit, but not as much. I just, I like the way it looks on my Google spreadsheets. I, I mean, yeah, spreadsheets are a little Rainbow easier to... color-coded. Yeah. I'll show you all them later. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> but um, It's a picture of that on our Instagram. <laughs> she, um, was it when we did our, you know, wind up or something, like you had it cast into yeah, the TV. Yeah, she, she was showing us. <laughs> like she was like it looks so pretty like because it was in rainbow pattern like you know one month would be red one month would be orange and i'm just like caitlin (laughs) yeah right now it's just red and i'm kind of sad i'm like why have more months not passed i need more colors (laughs) but yeah i've been documenting almost over you're good i've been documenting my books still like that so whenever i read a book i like put it on this list i actually document my books on several things because i have a couple of other things on my google drive where i document stuff like that and then also on my phone even though i can access my google drive on my phone but i like having multiple lists where i can check stuff off mm-hmm. even if it's the same thing it's just really satisfying mm-hmm. and then i also been trying to keep up with my page count because i'm curious about how many pages i read a day and how many mm-hmm. pages i can get read throughout like a week but i got a kindle for christmas so i've been reading a lot i've already read 12 books this year and it is january 29th so <laughs> I've only read like three. That's good. Thank I have you. read a total of zero. You've read like a hundred pages though. Well, okay. I haven't finished a book. I've read pages out of two books. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but some of my favorites. So I, I'm slowly rereading through the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass because I have never read the last book, even though it was published like three years, four years ago almost. But I read it in high school and into college, most of the series, and just got too busy and everything and just stopped reading. So Life, I, man. I reread the first one last like April and then I reread the second and third one in December and then I've just finished the fourth one the third one's not my favorite it's a lot of people's favorite but it's not my favorite because everything changes and you have to like it's basically a new story there's like fairies and tons of different new characters and Mm -hmm. you're just like whoa hold up I remember reading it for the first time because it was as the books were coming out I was like who are these people what is going on but I enjoy it now I do like the fourth one so far that one has been my favorite that I've read I'm looking forward to finishing up the series in the next couple of months and then I've been reading a lot on KU because that's who you are as a person that is who that's become my identity um over the last year (laughs) I read a book recently it's called Darling Venom which as a title makes you think all kinds of things 
Yeah. It can go several different directions. <laughs> and all I knew about it was I remembered reading the blurb or something about how like, oh, like I fell in love with him or whatever. Then something happened. And then his brother, like something like that. So it's like um best friend's brother kind of type thing. And then it also said enemies to lovers. So I was like, okay, interesting. I love enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. And I got it on my Kindle and it said that it was 700 pages. And I was like, what the f***? Goodreads said this was 400 pages, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to read it. And the first 100 pages take place when she's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening? And you, okay. So it's about this girl. <laughs> she's like, let me start over from it's the about beginning. about this girl. Her name is Charlotte. It starts off, well, the first chapter, she's 13. And that's just kind of like some background information. And then the second chapter, she's 14. And she is, it's her birthday, which is Valentine's Day. And she is on her way to the school, the private school that she attends to, to get onto the rooftop and jump off committing suicide. Wow. Okay, at 14 years old, because she went through this trauma involving like her, her parents are gone and everything. And like, she feels like it's her fault. Mm-hmm. And she goes up to the rooftop and there's this kid up there, this boy who's in the same class as her, but they don't really know each other. And he's about to jump off. So she's like wait stop and the two start talking and he's really sad and everything and depressed obviously and they make this pact where every year on this day they're going to meet up and just like talk and they're not going to talk like at school or anything but they'll be just like know that someone is out there mm-hmm. who goes through the same and they start corresponding through letters and like text messages too and they say we're going to do this until graduation like high school graduation and if either of us decide at any point that we want to end it all like end our lives we'll let the other know by the end of like all the flashback chapters and everything things happen you can kind of like predict where it goes Mm -hmm. and then it picks back up and she's 22 so like five years have gone by and she's like kind of living her new life she no longer thinks about suicide or whatever there's been more trauma or whatever and she ends up running into this guy's old her brother who's like a good 10 years older than her then it slowly becomes like enemies to lovers because they blame each other for some stuff that happened to the kid from before mm-hmm. and it's just it was a very interesting story it was mm-hmm. very emotional because obviously it deals a lot with because like the older brother is really depressed too and he just doesn't know how to say that like these yeah. emotions i'm feeling is depression but it was really good. The title is still very odd, but there's a reason that that is the title. And then another one that I read, which was super emotional as well, and I actually really like the title. It's called Archer's Voice. And this one's actually, you have to buy it. It was like $7. So this one's about this girl who goes through some trauma, of course. She's like 20... All the trauma. 23 or something her name's Bree and she goes to this small town in Maine and she's like gonna start over her life and she like gets a new job she's settling in and everything and she goes to the grocery store one day and then the parking lot she drops all of her groceries and this guy comes and help her helps her she's like saying all this whatever like her tampons go everywhere and she's like haha so funny like you know being awkward and everything Mm -hmm. and he is like not interacting not responding Mm -hmm. and she's like that's weird and she tells him like thank you and everything and he just kind of disappears yeah and so she starts asking around about him and everyone's like oh that's archer he's one of uh, the i forgot their last names one one of those boys he doesn't talk like he can't talk because he went mm-hmm. through this whole accident or whatever. But he intrigues her. So she kind of like seeks him out and she like figures out where he lives and she goes by his house a lot because it's like on the way to like this lake or whatever. And it's their love story mm-hmm. and just kind of going through trauma and trying to figure out things together. But it was super cute. I don't know if I cried. I might have shed a tear. But that one was probably my favorite of the month. I've been also making like rankings of books to mm-hmm. see how I like them. So that's one. And lately I've been reading those motorcycle club romances, which are a whole other thing. Also read some mafia romances, which are a whole other thing. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, put in some other stuff. Like, yeah, you got to throw that in there. In some other things. And then um, aside from reading, I've been writing and I'm like trying to like document what I do and actually finish. And I've been like making deadlines for myself weekly. And I have a deadline to finish this one story by I think February 9th. That's I'm like, awesome. I'm going to finish it. Um, and it's like a rom-com, like super cute whenever. And I'm at the point right now where I'm getting towards the end and I'm like, I don't know what happens. And I try to like daydream about it. And then I'm planning on finally revising the novel because I don't know how to revise and I want to learn how to so that I make something good. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start that right after I finish this other book. And the book that I'm revising, I've talked a little bit about before because I have a little conundrum with the title because... Mm. <laughs> 
you're gonna get your pants suit off if i don't think so it's different <laughs> it's gonna butt and an s <laughs> but i'm excited about getting into that one because i really enjoy writing that story mm-hmm. even though i don't know what the plot is but i've realized that's me with any story that i've written i don't know what the plot is <laughs> i don't know what the plot is of anything i read or watch either yeah. so it's okay and then I have this, you know, shiny new idea in the back of my brain because that's what happens whenever I finally start doing I get new ideas and it has to do with like villains. So I'm like, right now it's called Villains Gonna Vill because I think that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's from like The Bachelor or Bachelorette or something where they're like, Villains Gonna Vill. But that's what I've been up to. Wow. Well, my nerdy addition to the spreadsheets thing is me using Notion to determine which k-pop albums i've collected and which ones i still need that was my suggestion i was like Freebie, you need to use notion this would be right up your alley i made one i just i don't know what to put on there or like how to use it it took me a good half a day to figure out which format to put yeah. my stuff in i do like um didn't really look at it this past week at all but like their calendar view because I'm like trying to figure out, you know, with like podcast and my reading and my writing, where to set that up. Not my actual work because I have other stuff for that, but my for fun stuff, for funsies, as I say. <laughs> you know what I do? Half the time in the shower, I I either do um author interviews and it's really to help me with like my stories or I pretend like I'm talking on the podcast so that I can like rehearse what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It always sounds better. Or lately, I've been doing like book reviews in the shower <laughs> for myself. Anybody else? No, just me. I, I just. What do you think about in the shower? I listen to music while I'm in the shower, so I, do. I sing. I do interviews too, from when I'm rich and famous. Yeah, me too. Because it's gonna so, happen. Yeah, manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this season we are going over a cult classic of sorts. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I of think <laughs> we were the cult at one point. <laughs> we were the cult. The caster cult. <laughs> but we are going over the first book in the caster chronicles, aka Beautiful Creatures. You will just hear us refer to it as Beautiful Creatures because we were just doing the first book. I read this, I think, in eighth grade and then in like 10th or 11th grade. This is my third time reading this and I don't remember anything about it. I read it either ninth or after ninth or 10th grade because it was around my birthday. Mm-hmm from when I was either 15 or 16. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how many times I've read this book. I don't remember. You don't <laughs> know when you like started it? it? I'm like, I don't remember any of this. I know I've read it at least once because, you know. The only reason I know it was around my birthday was because I bought it. And then I read it and I was like, oh, my God, this book is so good. And I was telling my friend and she was like, she was like, oh, OK. <laughs> and then come to find out she'd bought me that book for my birthday. Oh, this is a four book series written by two authors actually uh cammy garcia and margaret stoll mm-hmm. which is interesting because a lot of times you don't i mean there are plenty of books out there where it's dual authors but mm-hmm. i don't read a lot of those but there are actually like over 12 stories i was looking at their website earlier but 12 stories set mm-hmm. up in this world counting like novellas and stuff which oh. i was like whoa hello i was like how are there 12 <laughs> uh the first book beautiful creatures was published in 2009 so we're in that ya kind of twilight craze of sorts Mm -hmm. so i think i read one time about how they wrote it you know you always think whenever two authors write stuff like i'll write a chapter you write a chapter you write from this point of view i'll write from this point of view Mm -hmm. whatever but i believe with this one they just kind of like wrote some and then someone would go back and like edit that and like add some more like it was just a very back and forth process of like kind of same brain type deal yeah i would have loved to have watched them write this book just and um um, I was reading earlier an interview that Cammie and Margaret did where they were talking about it wasn't even how they got the idea it's like what made them decide to write it mm-hmm. and one of them I don't remember who one of them their daughter was in the other one's class and so they kind of knew each other that way but they also like read books together and stuff like mm-hmm. I guess they were just friends and their daughter said something about like oh y'all should write a book or something Mm -hmm. and they were like oh challenge accepted and it was just like a bet or something made with this seven-year-old yeah and it only took them 12 weeks to write according to what i read holy hell damn yeah which is what how long is that 12 12 weeks three months roughly yeah Yeah. three Three four months that's that's a lot yeah for how big this book is yeah how big is the hardback like how many pages it's like 
560 something. I wonder how many words it is. It's 563 pages. Exactly the number I was thinking. (laughs) I wonder how many words it is because I mean people do I've done 50k in a month. I've done 65k in a month. Mm-hmm. So it depends. I, I don't think 12 weeks is that short of a time to write a book. That being said, I don't finish. So what? Who am I to judge? <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, because it's a creative, like you got to think two people are involved. Mm-hmm. Two people. So I there's just think a creative they have very backing. similar, just like brains. Yeah. Which is interesting. But they never intended to publish it. Mm-hmm. So I guess at one point they're just like, this is pretty good. Let's see yeah. what we can do with this. Yeah. Um, as far as its popularity, it's not nearly as popular as a lot of other books, I feel. But still, like a good group of people have popular read it. Popular enough to get a movie adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> and just um, some stats, you know, like over 5 million copies have been sold just on Amazon alone. Over 500k reviews on Goodreads. Like it's it has popularity, it has yeah. traction. It's yeah. also been out for over 10 years. So yeah. it's had that time to get that traction uh-huh yeah the movie came out in 2013 and so I've, I've heard of people i mentioned it before like my brother's fiance mm-hmm. uh she read it after the movie release mm-hmm. so i follow cami garcia on facebook and she's got uh 37,000 followers on there which is not necessarily a lot yeah but, but it's, it's, but it's, it's a, a decent a, amount it's a good we say with our very few followers and our very few <laughs> I listeners. I would say if you have a group of primarily women ages 20 from 30 who read, yeah. they'll probably know about yeah. the creatures. At least yeah. heard of it. Yeah. I do want to point with out... The, with the cast that the movie had? Yeah, they've yeah. at least heard of the movie. <laughs> um, I do want to point out, though, that with this it's highly it's based in the south which is where we're from Mm -hmm. these two authors are not from the south (laughs) because we figured that out pretty quickly yeah because like yeah it was like this isn't right Mm -hmm. this doesn't this don't make sense for me i was just like okay like (laughs) yeah i mean like it's fine it but it's a very stylized version of the south so the genre of this book is young adult it's sort of this fantasy paranormal supernatural like we didn't know what to call things whenever this was published i think was the Mm -hmm. issue yeah like is it fantasy is what is paranormal is it supernatural like i mean i would consider it more fantasy kind of urban fantasy but like not urban at all (laughs) i would say more supernatural i was thinking more supernatural but that's just because like with fantasy you want to see like fairies and yeah i guess see i I was thinking like like, magic yeah see i feel like because they're considered witches though that it's more geared towards the set that goes with werewolves and vampires because that's usually all considered in the same realm most of the time i guess i've read some witchy books that were in fantasies or like some witchy characters in a fantasy setting but yeah i could see that i mean you can have both you can have both you can have i just feel like this one specifically is more Mm-hmm. supernatural-esque yeah. um and then this is, book is interesting and it was interesting for us like at the time because it is first person from a male's perspective like a teenage mm-hmm. a 16 year old boy yeah you're it, in his head he's not a normal 16 year old boy no. in a way mm-hmm. by normal i mean like the stereo stereotypical i can't say the word stereotypical normal 16 year old boy that's only mm-hmm. thinking about like two things yeah yeah like food and sex you know like yeah. whatever they video games i don't know i i was never a 16 year old boy what did i know <laughs> But yeah, Ethan, like being in his head is really interesting because he has good thoughts, but also sometimes I'm like, dude, really, really? Mm -hmm. And he's also kind of a product of where he grew up, but also different. But also he's like, oh, I'm not like the other kids. Yeah. But I am. But I am. Yeah. There's a lot of self-realization that we'll get into too. See, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that about Mm -hmm. that too. Oh yeah. Um, So y'all ready for a summary? Mm -hmm. And then we'll... Get into some other stuff. So, Lena Duquesne is unlike anyone the small southern town of Gatlin has ever seen. Southern accents coming in. <laughs> and she's struggling to conceive. <laughs> it's funny because, like, when we read stuff that's southern, it comes in. Like, it our draws get thicker. I meant to do it just a little bit and it will come out. <laughs> It will come out. Please do. Please expect thick, heavy southern accents this season. When, when we read, like... <laughs> it's going to be... 
when we actually like probably read quotes it's probably gonna our accents are probably gonna get yeah. thicker mine's already thick enough as it is so it's gonna be rough see i i lost mine from us going to college and being around people from other states but this will bring it back <laughs> every southerner has a different type of accent oh yeah yeah and carolina is more slow talking mm-hmm. than we are and they draw Definitely out. slower than me yeah they draw <laughs> out like their words more we're very fast talkers here yeah um we're gonna do the summary again (laughs) because y'all just accept it (laughs) lena duquesne is unlike anyone the small southern town of gatlin has ever seen she's struggling to conceal her power and a curse that has haunted her family for generations but even within the overgrown gardens murky swamp swamps and crumbling graveyards of the forgotten south a secret cannot stay hidden forever ethan Waite, who has been counting the months until <laughs> until he can escape stop until he can escape from gatlin is haunted by dreams of a beautiful girl he has never met when lena moves into the town's oldest and most infamous plantation ethan is inexplicably drawn to her and determined to uncover the connection between them and a town with no surprises one secret could change everything. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Also, I would like to note that I'm going to say Lena's name wrong the whole time. Well, it's Duquesne. It rhymes with rain. No, whenever I read that, <laughs> I was like, Rain, Lena. <laughs> they got the same A sound. And I was like, oh, they mean Duquesne. <laughs> I'm going to say Lena half the time as I'm reading. I'm going to try yeah. to say Lena, but. I see that name and say Lena. I see Lena just all the way through. No. I have a character in one of my books named Lana, but sometimes I say Lana when I see it. I have a few other characters like that too. I don't remember how they said her name in the movie. And they say Lena, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so this takes place in Gatlin, South Carolina, which is a fictional town in South Carolina. It's said to be old, small southern town full of antebellum, antebellum homes, which Peyton wrote these notes. Which Peyton finds to be the fluffed up version of Southern Towns. I know she has some thoughts about that. I do. A town which, according to her, a town with a bunch of antebellum homes would be more populated in tourist traps. Think like Savannah, um, Georgia, and Natchez, Mississippi. Okay, mm-hmm. I also agree with that last yeah. statement. Yeah, because I mean like what they do is they become tourist traps. Yeah. Yep. Because everybody wants to see these pretty homes mm-hmm. and feel you know like it's the gone with the wind issue of yep everyone wants that they don't want necessarily the other aspects of it which is a good thing but you know it's got a beautiful fluffed up history to it you know beautiful dresses Mm -hmm. and considering how many of them that they say is there like this would be a town full of tourists maybe there's a reason it's not a tourist trap well that (laughs) maybe we find out i don't know (laughs) but i mean like also I mean, there could be a spell on the town for all we know. Exactly. I've read three books. I don't know. (laughs) I forgot to mention that. I've read three of these books. Yeah. It just, it doesn't sound right to me. And also Mm -hmm. there's never a mention of like... The, it says like small town there's so many you know small-minded people in the small town and just they keep going on and on but like mm-hmm. if there is that many plantation homes it was a hubbub in its day mm-hmm. yeah which means that there have been a lot more people living there yeah exactly i don't know curiouser and curiouser i feel like you know as authors you really like make choices mm-hmm. and they made that choice to kind of like lean into Oh, it's very pretty and everything but it's also that small town feel like. yeah or but they don't really know because they haven't really i mean i'm sure they did research of they some did. sort they did but i just don't feel like they would know the inner workings of like no how no. these towns really work i don't either and i well grew up in small town mississippi but it kind of makes me think of like you know when when you have like a a certain highway but then they build a new bigger one that goes a certain way so old towns die Mm kind of makes me think that could have happened like there could have been a main road built around them so Mm -hmm. like all the people left that area so there's only a certain amount of people left and like now maybe some of those homes only that was mentioned that ethan would have mentioned that though yeah i mean there is one main route within there but Mm -hmm. they could have built a bigger one that became the replacement for that yeah Yeah. i don't know maybe you know throughout the series you figure out more about why possibly but i doubt it but i doubt the state of south carolina would uh 
except to destroy, you know, the town itself. Because tourist opportunities. For tourist opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that's so lucrative, mm-hmm. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, maybe we're just more business minded people than they were. No. Definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, not only that, but like our town. Tr- is attempting to do something and we only have two like homes that are nice enough for that historically we only have like two towns and they've put up like a bunch of little signs that say oh this was the first church here and this Mm -hmm. is i'm pretty sure they moved one of like houses yeah they did because i mean and i was like why would you move it because they wanted it on the main road yeah and it was like seriously they moved it like a few feet this way yeah because i remember whenever that happened I think it was on like the church's property or something right there. It I went been. to church there and I feel like that was a thing. It, it could have been. I just never knew why. And it was like very strange to mm-hmm. me. Also, the other house that is actually, I think, a plantation home. I'm like, I want it so bad. <laughs> I love Annabellum homes. I love them, love them, love them. They are so pretty architecturally and just. I <sighs> would not want to live on one for multiple reasons, mainly damn well haunted. <laughs> absolutely yeah. i mean probably and also just i'm the kind of person who was like okay what kind of people lived here like me i like the modern look too much for yeah the, also with that i hate <laughs> modern looking homes i hate them not like modern i like i like a good like farmhouse look you know um the southern in you um but like, i am joanna Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm more geared towards, you know, beautiful old houses. You like classic. I love classic houses. And I mean, like, honestly, like, I literally, I was watching The Haunting of Hill House and my family was all in the room with me because they have to deal with all my shows that I watch. And I was like, man, I don't give a that this is haunted. I want it. Like, <laughs> to live in that house. Good luck to you. I would not. Yeah. Uh, okay. The characters. Mm-hmm. We got Ethan White. White. Ethan White. Ethan Lawson White. Ethan. 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 So Ethan is a popular guy who plays basketball, which I did not remember at all. I didn't remember that either. How many times either. have I read this book? This is my third. And I've read two other books and I've seen the movie a few times. I completely forgot he was popular because I do not picture him as popular. It's very strange. Well, it's it's one of those things. Also, it's a small high school. It's yeah. a very Popularity s- is kind of... Oh. I would love to know what the population of their city is. The way they talk, it's not very big. Yeah. Because you know everybody. Like one or two stoplights, one gas station. Yeah. yeah. But like... I don't know, because we were a small enough town where, yeah, we had popular kids. Our high school combined three. No three. one, like, gave a shit, though. No, <laughs> yeah, we really I didn't, mean, which is... Or at least we didn't. We, well. There were never, like, cliques. Like, there were people you hung out with, but they were never really, like, mm, they defined. Were kind of they were kind of there, but you, you, it was never, like, fully defined. It wasn't small ones, though. We all had big groups of these people hang out and these people yeah. hang out. Mm-hmm. It was split in two, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, I was a band kid and we all just knew each other you know yeah like, i mean that's how it was but i mean i hung out with band kids i mm-hmm. hung out with well the band kids were also a lot of smart kids yeah the nerds <laughs> i hung out with the losers i guess as you would say yeah the I outcast mean, the outcast <laughs> yeah. we have our uppity oh well i come from money people mm-hmm and then there be listers that come with mm-hmm. them, but most of the time we didn't care. <laughs> no, we were no. doing our own thing. But like, I mean, like <laughs> some of the popular kids would talk to you, and that was normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would associate with you. And be I like, think that's because we were a small enough town and grew up together. That's the only. Yeah, reason. it was like like you also were probably like friends with some of the popular kids at one point. Like I know I was. Yeah, uh-huh. like in elementary school and stuff. So like you knew them and they knew you. It was one of those situations. Yeah, it's small town because everyone knows each other and everyone or like a lot of us grew up with each other and that's kind of how this is but like for some odd reason there is a there's a defined popular group Mm -hmm. and i kind of almost want to think like maybe they're trying to hint that maybe it's racist in a sense there there was some stuff i pulled up i didn't read it all but i can look at it a little bit okay has to do with some of that I can remember if that was a huge topic in this novel or not, just considering where it's based at. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I feel like most of the characters are predominantly white. They are. Mm-hmm. Hey. There's only one that I can think 
think of that's not. Yeah, and I don't know about the future books. I really don't remember anything. Yeah. Which, I mean, some of the people they talk about, I don't think they describe. So, I mean, if they aren't yeah. white, we don't know. Yeah. So, like I said, Ethan's popular. He plays basketball, which also I didn't remember. But he has a secret love of books. You know, basketball books can't be the same thing. It's like <laughs> basketball and music if you're Troy Bolton. You can't be the same thing. I was waiting for that room. I think I put that in the nose. I was like, high school musical? (laughs) She did. Um, He lives in this old antebellum home that's just been passed down through his family. Like, the weights have been there a long ass time. Yeah. I don't, it's not a mansion. No. No. But it's an older Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. And uh, he keeps on having these dreams about a girl who is falling and he's also falling. And he just kind of knows in the dream that. He has feelings of sorts of love towards this stranger who he doesn't even like see. He sees her hand. Yeah. That's what I get from it. He sees her hand and he knows like Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to like lose her. I feel like it also is because like it's kind of like a blob character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean like when I I dream. He did see her face. He just never remembers when he wakes up. Never remembers it. I think it's one of those blob character things. Because like when I dream, I see people, but the faces aren't fully there sometimes. Oh, no. I I fully see their faces. Well, I've heard before where, like, the people in your dreams are faces that you recognize, like, people in your life or, like, people from, like, something that you've watched or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of times that's what it is for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of dreams I remember anymore, but yeah. And this dream that he keeps on having, or these dreams, they are followed by this strange song that seems to play at random. And we'll get into that a little bit. Let's kind of eat them for you. He, like I said, he thinks he's not like the other guys, but he kind of is. He's also very nonchalant about the weird things that happen. I, I like is. that, though, where he's just like, wait, what? It's the South. It's whatever. Yeah, We're and cool. um, there's... I think it's because of the people who grew, he grew up uh-huh. around in his household yeah we're gonna get to that oh yeah i just think he's really interesting i think i'll have more thoughts about him later on as a male perspective character he isn't like super annoying he's as annoying as a 16 year old can be to me as a 25 year old now where i'm like oh my gosh get over yourself like come on i don't mind him so much then we got Miss Lena Duquesne with however many C's and N's are in her name. My goodness. I'm sorry because I'm like Duquesne. Duquesne. Yep. Lena is the new girl in town. I got some hairspray for yes, you. Yes, play it, play it. So <laughs> she's the new girl in town in a town that never gets new people, really. She's, Peyton defines Forever. her as definitely more of a goth, which is not always the best in a small town. You're immediately outcasted if you look different or I dress like different. I feel like most stories that have a, a weird character that comes new to the school is a goth person every single time. I mean, mm-hmm. like, she's not fully goth, but, like, that's how they see her. Yeah. That's, yeah. like, my family. Like, I'm goth to my family. Yeah. And I'm not goth, but I'm goth to my family. Yeah. She, she's goth passing to them because they don't know any better. I need, like, a more, like, Buffy where she, like, tries to be popular a little bit. Like, I need that in mm-hmm. my, like, new girls coming into town in my YA novels, which I don't read a lot of YA anymore, so. Um, and she's also very reserved and mysterious like she's not out here to make friends Mm-mm. and she's got some secrets up her sleeves quite literally and that's all I put on her <laughs> <laughs> and that's all all she wrote that's all I, I wrote like, does she even have sleeves she wears a dress <laughs> that's all it's cold <laughs> she's got like you know that's all I, it's hurricane season dude yeah, it it's set in hurricane season hurricane season um which we've dealt with a lot <laughs> I didn't really see a point to give all of her secrets away. Yeah. And so I don't remember most share. of them. <laughs> She's just mysterious at this point. So Wait, Peyton, did you fully read the entire book before we started? I this? actually didn't this time. Okay, I was wondering. But you remember more than I do, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. You, you, I don't I don't know, but yes. Yeah, you, you probably <laughs> you, A thousand percent do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have Amma, who I is... I say Amma, so y'all know I was that, thinking Amma, so I don't... I, I don't say Amma like Emma. Amma. I say Amma, so y'all are going to get... Don't get confused on that. It's however. It's spelled, We're just going to say names wrong. Just keep up. Just, just to keep up, it's spelled A-M-M-A. So <laughs> we'll pronounce it both ways. Yeah. So Amma is Ethan's uh, caretaker of sorts. She raised Ethan's father, and now she is an old ordinary woman who does the cooking, cleaning, and raising the children at the White House. White House, not White House. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to sound weird. Yeah, she is our only she's the only one I picture as not white. Oh yeah. She's written as black. Yeah. I didn't know if she if yeah. it ever was said. There's no way a white woman would 
I no. don't know if it says directly. I'm sure it does at one point, but I've always pictured her as being black. Me too. I mean, she was, they've cast a black character in the movie yeah. too, mm-hmm. so. No one really knows how old she is, yeah. which is interesting. And she is very superstitious and Ethan just kind of brushes this off whenever she just goes off and he's like, okay, Emma, okay. <laughs> he's and, just used to it. Yeah. And so uh, I do kind of have a little issue with this, but not much because I mean, this was a thing back in like the 50s or so where predominantly black women would come in to like do the cooking and the cleaning Mm -hmm. and the helping with children my grandmother had hired a black woman to help Mm -hmm. her when my grandfather was got drafted Mm -hmm. so i mean it's not it wasn't uncommon back then but it's kind of strange seeing it in a more modern in a more modern setting i don't know how i've interpreted it before but like just her kind of being kind of a friend of a family after a while like initially hired Mm -hmm. but then kind of like staying on she's taking care of Ethan because she wants to yeah like that's the only way and I get that because there are other reasons I think that have to do with other things yeah in the future yeah (laughs) I was Um, also thinking that yeah and I get that like the woman that my uh memo hired she was you know very good friends with my Mm -hmm. memo up until the day she died like Mm -hmm. they were super close yeah but it's just I don't know it was kind of like for me but then again i'm just i work with this girl and god love her she's she's black too but she points out everything that's racist because she thinks it's funny so even if it's not racist it's racist because she thinks it's funny and we just kind of like laugh at it so now i'm just like that's racist that's racist that's racist and then we have mr i gotta say it real southern i know wesley Jefferson Link. Lincoln. He goes by Link. Yeah, he goes by Link. Link is Ethan's best friend. He's kind of a goofball and his ideas are not always firmly planted in reality. He's always got that head up in the clouds. Yes, he does. (laughs) He also like has a band, of course. And he's just like a nerd trying to be really cool. But also he's not smart. Or at least he doesn't want to come off as smart. Yeah. And also his band cannot play their instruments. None of them know how to play or sing. Yeah. But he comes from like a predominant family in the town too. Oh, yeah. Wesley. Wesley Jefferson. Jefferson? Jefferson? (laughs) I do like that the names are somewhat normal as opposed to some other. I love that he goes by Link. Mm -hmm. Link. Yeah. All right. So the prologue, which is before, and it's called The Middle of Nowhere. There were only two kinds of people in our town. The stupid and the stuck. My father had affectionately classified our neighbors. The ones who are bound to stay are too dumb to go. Everyone else finds a way out. There was no question which one he was, but I'd never had the courage to ask why. My father was a writer, and we lived in Gatlin, South Carolina, because the Waits always had. Since my great-great-great-great-granddad, Ellis Waite, fought and died on the other side of the Santee River during the Civil War. Only folks down here didn't call it the Civil War. Everyone under the age of 60 called it the War Between the States, while everyone over 60 called it the War of Northern Aggression, as if somehow the North had baited the South into war over a bad bale of cotton. Everyone, that is is, except my family. We called it the Civil War. Just another reason I couldn't wait to get out of here. Gatlin wasn't like the small towns you saw in the movies, unless it was a movie from about 50 years ago, which Peyton basically just yeah. said mm-hmm. with that other comment. Um, We were too far from Charleston to have a Starbucks or a McDonald's. All we had was a Dairy King, since the gentries were too cheap to buy all new letters when they bought the Dairy King. Them f***ing gentries. <laughs> The library still had a card catalog, the high school still had chalkboards, and our community pool was like Moultrie? Warm brown water and all. You could see a movie at the Cineplex about the same time it came out on DVD, but you had to hitch a ride over to Somerville by the community college. The shops were on Main, the good houses were on River, and everyone else lived south of Route 9, where the pavement disintegrated into chunky concrete stubble, terrible for walking, but perfect for throwing at angry possums, the meanest animals alive. You never saw that in the movies. I agree. Old possums. (laughs) Gatlin wasn't a complicated place. Gatlin was Gatlin. The neighbors kept watch from their porches in the unbearable heat, sweltering in plain sight. But there was no point. Nothing ever changed. Tomorrow would be the first day of school, my sophomore year at Stonewall Jackson High, which is also a very Southern school name. And I already knew everything that was going to happen, where I would sit, who I would talk to, the jokes, the girls, who would park where. There were no surprises in Gatlin County. We were pretty much the epicenter of the middle of nowhere. At least that's what I thought when I closed my battered copy of Slaughterhouse-Five, clicked off my iPod, and turned out the light on the last night of summer. Turns out I couldn't have been more wrong. There was a curse. There was a girl. 
And in the end, there was a grave. I never even saw it coming. But you did in the dream. <laughs> For real. Um, okay. Also, the book, Turn Off His iPod and Turn Off the Light, is all... <laughs> Very early 2000s. Yeah. Do you not still do that? <laughs> Just the, the saying iPod though, because no um, one really uses that. Yeah. I don't know. These Gen Zers are like, <laughs> isn't this so iPod? Isn't this so? Uh, what, what's the word they'd use? Chewy. Classic. <laughs> this is so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're not really Gen Zers. No, we're not. But, we're, mean, we're more on the millennial side of. <laughs> we're. I think I'm a solid cusper, okay? <laughs> are you uh we're like ninety five percent millennial, five percent Gen Z. Are you like okay, so y'all were born in ninety six and I was born in ninety seven. Are y'all considered millennial? Yes. I'm considered Gen Z. Yes. Okay. Because the cutoff is ninety six. Yeah. And even though there was only what, like fifteen days left <laughs> by the time I was born. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes weren't really open during the rest of ninety six, you know. Yeah. I don't consider myself in it either because we're cuspers anyway, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really Really I was count. like, depending on who you talk to, we could be Gen Z or millennial. Because they're all just arbitrary yeah. But I mean, my boyfriend's a millennial, so like I see major like generational gap Different, issues yeah. because he's farther into the millennial than I, we are. We are very much a cusper age group because we can relate to both sides depending mm-hmm. on what is happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so chapter one starts off on September 2nd and the title is Dream On. Falling. Ethan found himself falling into a bleak nothing. He heard his name being called. Ethan, help me. A girl screamed. She was falling too. He reached for her, his hands only clawing at the mud. Their fingertips touched and the only thing Ethan could see in the utter darkness was the green sparks where their fingers connected, but their fingertips slipped. He couldn't reach her, leaving an overwhelming feeling of loss. Her scent of lemons and rosemary was the only thing that remained. He knew one thing. He could not live without her. Ethan jolted awake, trying to catch his breath. Alma... His housekeeper, cook, mother figure, permanent life fixture called for him to wake up. He woke in the morning in his bed, which had held six generations of weights before him. An old plantation home. I guess it was a plantation home where I accidentally put that and it's not correct either way or caitlin might have but i think it was probably I did not do that i was like but i, it, got, I, got I was gonna say open i was like but it's probably me um but him ignoring that there is dirt in his bed after this dream is really something <gasps> there's dirt in his bed yes he he mentions it throughout that i don't know i wake up and weird <laughs> happens he was so, like you know. yeah my my sheets feel sandy you know that's like, odd. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he Maybe said cold. he said my sheets felt like they were full of sand, but I knew better. It was dirt, and my fingernails were caked with black mud, just like the last time I had the dream. Interesting. He keeps mentioning it, like when I'll get into it. <laughs> he thought back to the dream. I'd been having the f- dream for months now, even though I couldn't remember all of it. The part I remembered was always the same. The girl was falling. I was falling. I had to hold on but I couldn't. If I let go, something terrible would happen to her. But that's the thing. I couldn't let go. I couldn't lose her. It was like I was in love with her, even though I didn't know her. Kind of like love before first sight. So weird. It is. I believe I have also stolen this idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to happen a lot because there's a couple of other scenes where I was like, damn it, I did that. (laughs) I took that. I stole that. It's okay. You can't be any worse than E.L. James at that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks for comparing me to that person. He realized it sounded crazy, especially since he didn't even know what the girl looked like. He glanced down at his iPod and noticed a strange song. He hit play. A haunting melody began, something he didn't know, but felt like he'd heard it before. 16 moons, 16 years, 16 of your deepest fears, 16 times you've dreamed my tears, falling, falling through the years. The song was interrupted by Alma, full naming him. I'm not sure if it's a thing everywhere, but here in the South, uh, if you get your full name called out. Your life is over. <laughs> like, you better best hurry up and do what they want you to do. My favorite is in my household, my siblings get my middle name if they really f*** up. Like, so. they'll be whatever, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Usually if it's like, if they do something that normally I would do, they like pull a Caitlin because that happens. That's pretty funny. It's funny because like we have in my family, like on my mom's side, we all have the same middle mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. So like boys, it's Denton and girls, it's Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a few that don't have that, but like, so it's really easy for them because they all know our middle names because it's the same one throughout. Yeah, we also have one of the same middle names. So, but I was thinking, I don't think I've ever had my full name said to me. Yours is a mouthful. That too, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it said in like. You'll have siblings. Yeah, like, I know, but like even if I got in trouble, which because I've gotten in trouble for things, but it was never that southern. Probably because neither of my parents are really southern southern people. So yeah, no. I usually get first and middle name. Mm-hmm. Like when I. F- up. Well, I usually a, don't get whole name. Well, they, they drop the yeah, last name. Yeah, they probably say my first. They drop the last name. They're like, we're not claiming you. <laughs> well, like, there's a thing. If they're chat, if they're like scolding you, it's like if they were scolding me, it'd be like Peyton Elizabeth, and then it would be like, yeah, no. if they're mad, it's the full name. So there's that. It's definitely a dangerous game to play if you don't listen. <laughs> you better go to the full listen. name. The full name is like, oh crap, I've really screwed up this time. <laughs> Yeah. It catches your attention. I do that with some of my students at school. Yeah. I'll full name them. I'll full name mine too. If I know their and full name, like, I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. And it's like terrifying. <laughs> why is it terrifying? Who knows? It's but just it ingrained in us at this Because point. of the name and the tone that they're saying it in. Yeah. But if they just yell my first name, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that's <laughs> optional. <laughs> that could mean anything and then it's like kayla noel <laughs> and they're scolding you the full name is like geez i done fucked up <laughs> he got up ready to start his day and references to the dream if i didn't think about it it wasn't happening me but <laughs> yeah, you i wrote that. that in my book i said me yeah but the dream had been a reoccurring event and he couldn't let the thought of her go he thought I was 16 years old. I was falling in love with a girl who didn't exist, and I was slowly losing my mind. As he showered, the familiar scent wouldn't leave him. Lemons and rosemary. Ethan headed downstairs for breakfast. Alma served on the blue-white dragonware, as his mom used to call it, which I know exactly what they're talking about because my grandmother has a set. They put they put a picture of it in uh, my Kindle, and it wasn't the same, and I was like, <laughs> they just couldn't get the actual, because it's too, like, it's too decorative to have done uh-huh. on the page. So I'm I'm claiming that that's the wrong pattern and it was actually something that I'm thinking of. Also, I would like to mention, and I know this is strange, but I was talking to my parents at breakfast because we had a big breakfast this morning like we do every Saturday where we, my dad makes homemade biscuits. Almost. That's so nice. I know. I miss that doing that with my. We stood around while I was eating a muffin. Yeah, that's a rare occasion too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alma is an old Southern lady Mm -hmm. who wakes up in the morning and cooks Mm -hmm. breakfast, and she makes toast in this. There is no way that that is real. She's a bad cook. No, because she's (laughs) making grits and all sorts of other stuff. There is no way that this woman who is an old old woman making toast is making toast toast is what southerners eat maybe when they they're on like the go out of ingredients for something and she was like i guess i'll do toast this morning like quit making excuses <laughs> it's not it is excuses but i'm trying to justify her actions well it's not that i just think that they don't know that that's i mean traditionally like this generation and so it probably yeah my dad always makes toast yeah it's not a thing Mm -hmm. but i was raised not raised by my grandparents but i stayed with my grandparents so much and my grandmother got up every single morning and made homemade biscuits yeah when i when we ate at my the weekends which i think was like every weekend or every other weekend when my great-grandmother was still alive we she would make homemade biscuits and I would help her make them. So. Yeah, that's Y'all just had very different experiences for me. It's <laughs> like Caitlin, here's a pop tart. Yeah, no matter where I was, Caitlin, well, here's see, a pop tart. Only my grandmother got up and like m- made, made things like that. See, my parents didn't do that. It's that old homemaker thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the man went out to work and then mm-hmm. the wife would stay home, and when she would, she would make biscuits and stuff. Which I would say I wouldn't have got that experience if our family mm-hmm. didn't live right there by yeah. each other. Yeah. And see, <laughs> my grandmother is considerably older mm-hmm. like she's in her 80s now late 80s you know if my mom was in an oops 
Pepsi at 40 <laughs> something. It probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have that experience, but I do. And it's like, that's weird that she's mm-hmm. not ma- making biscuits because that's like a thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe my dad's mom, that would have been more of a, the case. My yeah. mom's mom, who I like spent more mornings with because I would go over there a week every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also from the north, so uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she don't cook. We get stuff like pre-made anyway yeah but i feel like they got the grits part right it's just i i just don't think toast toast doesn't fit in with toast, that toast and grits don't go together no it, no, it, no, it, no, no 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 need something heavy with those heavy grits yeah i mean is it healthy no, no. That's why it's southern <laughs> is that why i'm the fattest sob <laughs> yes no, you're not there's fatter sobs oh thank you <laughs> Um, but like that was a joke i'm not offended i'm the one that said it first that's a thing and like you know we had homemade preserve like fig preserves Mm. and jellies and stuff hell those are amazing and these poor women they need they need to come to the south and enjoy a good southern breakfast Uh, because it's awesome it makes me so sad it makes me miss my grandmother's blueberry jelly because we have blueberry bushes and she take that make her jelly with it you need to learn how to make it it's a little late for that we don't have a recipe anywhere for it dad (laughs) dad makes (laughs) dad makes jelly maybe he can figure it out and help you with that because he he's becoming an elder and he's decided (laughs) it's time it's time he learns how to make jelly i found one that was close at Mm -hmm. the uh, farmer's market Mm -hmm. but they had it wasn't just blueberries it's blueberries and blackberries and i'm like i want just blueberries but i I bought it anyway it still tasted good but if we get a when blueberries come in season um oh yeah you guys can pick those yeah (laughs) because i'm definitely excited for that i love fresh fruit from the south just being honest and um, plenty of it (laughs) plenty but definitely come over or i'm definitely gonna get dad to make some blueberry jelly and maybe it'll at least kind of ease that for you anyway back to the story <laughs> back to the story our, our large discussion of southern breakfasts. oh my god it's important it's very important i'm a pop tart kid but yeah it's important it's very important food, to me. food is a big thing yeah food is a huge thing and that's also not mentioned here like yes alma makes well, food for ethan but like i feel like it is because ethan keeps bringing it up yeah the different meals that she cooks so yeah. but like it's a family thing too and i don't see that in this book like well when he goes over (laughs) when he goes over to see the sisters like there's not a meal i don't that's because they would set the house on fire The sisters are characters. Yeah, I'm excited they for that too. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's like the I, Golden Girls gone wrong. I, <laughs> since we're already talking about it and y'all won't get off of it, they're us. <laughs> As Alma served him his meal like he's still a kid, Ethan asked if they were out of chocolate milk because it's his favorite. <laughs> we're just snorted. Yeah. Like, are we out of chocolate, chocolate milk? milk? I'm like, are you my brother? <laughs> it is very sad. We were introduced to Alma's crossword-induced habit of spelling out words for Ethan. This time, she spelled acclimate and told him it meant he should get used to it. <laughs> get used to not having chocolate. <laughs> yeah. All the brown cows <laughs> have been killed off. <laughs> You're getting whole milk from now on. Thank you. Alma brought up the weather and incoming storm. She always did this. She would get get into these moods. Ethan's mom used to call it going dark religion and superstition all mixed up like it can only be in the south that's a quote not me (laughs) alma was always the superstitious type and everyone in the house would just leave her be with her drink with her charms in the windows and her handmade dolls in the drawers ethan rolled his eyes at alma's musings shoveled in his breakfast and headed out he glanced towards his father's study which was already shut concealing his father from the world what is it reba that was the perfect timing for her if she saw him do it to say your eyes are gonna get stuck like that mm-hmm. yep <laughs> i had a kid tell me that the other day um i have one kid that did that to me and i was just like i'm gonna fight you because he kept like looking up and i don't know if he was intentionally trying to roll his eyes but it looked like it and my mom always he was just spazzing out 
Maybe. He glanced towards his father's study, which was already shut, concealing his father from the world. Ever since last April, after Ethan's mother died, he barely saw his dad. Ethan's dad was a writer and would write all night in his study, then sleep all day in the same room on the sofa. Ethan knew that the door would be shut. The door being shut meant he missed the opportunity of seeing his dad until tomorrow. Opening the door was never an option. It's so sad. It is. A honk came from outside. Ethan's best friend, Link, pulled up in his sputtering car deemed the beater <laughs> blasting music ethan had been Party. riding <laughs> ethan had been riding to school with link since kindergarten when they became best friends alma stood on the front porch seeing them out as she yelled at link full naming him and telling him to turn that music off oh and threatening to tell his mom something he did when he was nine which i believe is has a statute of limitation that is up alma seriously she's a southern mama though mama lincoln don't play she don't she don't play. i don't remember much about it but i know she don't play i just feel like link's done something way more she's current who's still mama lincoln i'll remember her name miss lincoln miss jefferson i think is what she's Ms. called jefferson <laughs> why is she miss jefferson, jefferson? Isn't this last divorced? No, their last name. His Miss last Lincoln. Name is Lincoln. She's Mrs. Lincoln. Sorry. <laughs> she still grabs that kid by his ear. Oh sure, yeah. thousand percent. So mm-hmm. she don't play. Even if he screwed up whenever he was nine and did some shit in the basement, she don't play. I, I just, like how Ethan's like, "What did you do in my basement?" <laughs> he's like, "Don't ask." But no, I feel. Like, what did she do? <laughs> what didn't I do? That's what he said. What didn't I do? I just feel like there's more current that Lincoln's Link has oh, done. I guess so. <laughs> Lincoln. Link has done. We discover that Link is in a band that has no musical talent or ability to play their instruments or sing. Still, all he ever talked about was leaving town for the Big Apple after graduation and getting a record deal. Ethan knew the likelihood of this would be nearly zero, but he had to give him credit. At least Link knew what he wanted to do. He had dreams. All Ethan wanted to do was get the heck out of Gatlin. Well, that is Ethan's dream. I don't know why he... But like... (laughs) That's the only thing he has going for him. Well, he can mm-hmm. have. He's not even living his life at this point, which is understandable. He's just waiting to get out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like the only when thing, you're sixteen. I mean, when you're sixteen and your mom died uh-huh. not too long ago, your mom yeah. died, and your family has been stuck in this town for hundreds of years, hundred years at least, at least a couple of hundred, yeah, almost. As they drove to school, Ethan described the streets filled with a hundred-year-old houses made out to sound like rows and rows of plantation homes, which still is. Super weird to me. <laughs> Ethan asked Link if he downloaded a weird song about 16 moons on his iPod, which Link has no clue what he's talking about. Ethan kept his gaze out the window where he noticed an unfamiliar car that looked like a black hearse passing them. He wondered if it was an omen for a bad year to come. Dun dun dun. I'm dun, gonna dun. say probably. That is the dun. first chapter in <gasps> the Pro- hearse. What is that? What does that hold? Dead bodies? <laughs> dead bodies. Alive bodies? <laughs> Spirits? Soon to be dead bodies? Whoa. <laughs> You'll have to find out next time on the Let's Call It Nothing podcast. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, honestly, that's it. <laughs> we'll be back with chapters two and three next time. <laughs> Bye. That's all we're saying. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> It's a great time for a break. I'm going to look forward again. Bye. We'll see you next time. Remember to follow us on Instagram and we'll see you next time. Bye.